0: From
1: studio C136. This is One, One Hour School
2: All right, welcome in again. This is Mr. Mertz. I hope you had a great winter break. I hope you steered clear of the Omicron variant the best you could over the break. Um, if you have been sick, I hope that you're starting to feel better. Um, got another episode coming for you. Uh, This will be the second to last episode for this semester. Uh, Next week will be our last episode for the first semester. Uh, There might be a few new students who join the podcast, might be some familiar faces that decide to move on. Uh, We'll have to see. I'm not sure what's going to happen yet, but uh, either way, we will still be putting out podcasts uh, almost every week throughout the spring semester. Uh, so I guess if we could talk about winter break, uh, mine was, mine was good. Um, I went to, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I went to the Alamo bowl. Um, first thing I wanted to say is that, uh, the stadium, uh, the Alamo dome. Okay. Sorry if you're from San Antonio, but that place is a dump. All right. It's a dump. I felt like I was in a show barn, uh, (laughs) Back in my FFA days, I was showing livestock. It was like a big livestock barn that they've laid a football field down in. Um, but it wasn't that bad. I've been in worse stadiums, uh, and, and it might be surprising which one I'm about to say, but uh, the worst stadium I've been in is uh, Ohio State Stadium, the Horseshoe. Um, that place was a dump. There was there was not running water in the upper deck. <laughs> Which is where I was sitting. Uh, there was only, a, well, I was in the end zone, as in the new end zone, actually, that they had redone. And there's no running water. And uh, there was this porta potties and that water that, like, kind of comes, you can wash your hands and, you know, that those kind of hand washing stations that sometimes come with the porta potties. And the only things, Sony drinks and stuff you could buy up in the, and refreshments up in the second deck was, like, water and hot dogs and pretzels. And it was, like, what? I mean, that stadium's like awesome. I mean, it has like 100, over 100,000 people in there and it's old and it has history, but man, dumpy. Not, not great. Uh, the Alamo Bowl was, wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad, but it was still, you know, I, I wasn't real impressed. Um, I was pretty impressed with the game though. Um, Oklahoma played pretty well. Uh, got out to a 30-3 to, 30 to three lead at halftime. And then uh, ended up winning the game, I think it was 47-32, to something like that. Ended up winning pretty comfortably. There was a few moments there um, in the second half where it was like a 15-point game and and Oregon was kind of moving the ball. But uh, never really kind of got the feeling that Oregon was going to get back into that game or make it close enough where OU fans would have anything to worry about. Um, it was good to see Bob Stoops on the sidelines again. That was probably the, one of the coolest things. And then his son, uh, Drake Stoops caught a touchdown pass and there was kind of this like a hug it out moment on the sidelines between, uh, the father and son. That was, that was really cool. Um, after the game, uh, Bob Stoops officially, <laughs> uh, passed the torch to, uh, Brent Venables by giving him his visor off his head that, that, uh, that uh, visor that everybody knows that Bob Stoops wears on the sidelines, he uh, handed it, put it on Brent Venable's head after the game and basically said, it's, it's yours now. Um, so that was good. Um, after the game, though, uh, well, actually, even before the game, uh, OU social media was really featuring Caleb Williams, so the quarterback from Oklahoma, very heavily. Um as far as like you know, pre-game intro and you know hype videos and those types of things, and then after the game at the trophy presentation, uh, Bob Stoops mentioned Caleb Williams' name, and Brent Venables mentioned uh, Caleb Williams' name. As far as like the leader of the team going into next season, and then uh, for the first time this season, uh, Caleb Williams was allowed to address the media after the game, and then he said that basically. He didn't commit to coming back to OU he wanted to just focus on uh the game that they had just played and that he deserved a, a vacation that him and his family were going on and he just wanted to focus on that and then if you kind of read between the lines and listen to some of the OU podcasts like i did uh you could see that there was a storm brewing and that pretty much culminated uh earlier this week when Caleb Williams entered the transfer portal Um, He did say that he has uh, will keep will. uh, It's definitely a possibility that he could come back to OU. I think that's kind of what he said. OU was definitely a possibility, but it doesn't seem like he's going to come back to OU um, at this point. I mean, now I could get home today and he could he could have recommitted. I mean, I hope he does. I, I mean, he's a great player, and what he had like 21 passing touchdowns and four interceptions and. He only played about half of the year this year, and he had, you know, what, four or 500-yard dressing and probably six or seven more rushing touchdowns to go with those. So, I mean, the, the guy is, like, really dynamic and a great player, and if he stays at OU, I mean, he's going to be – wherever he goes, he's, he's going to be a great player. So I hope he ends up back at OU. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen, uh, mostly due to uh, the Wink and Riley leaving OU to go to USC coaching change that happened uh, about a month and a half ago now. And it's also due to, to the new NIL, uh, situation where, um, students can get, you know, sponsorship deals and and those types of things for their name, image, and likeness. And from what I've heard, he's looking for a pretty hefty compensation package to uh, play quarterback. So, and OU, from what I also heard had offered him a pretty hefty, uh, thing, a pretty hefty, uh, uh, package to to continue to be quarterback at OU and uh he decided to enter the transfer portal and shop around uh now maybe he finds what he's looking for in the portal and maybe he doesn't and ends up coming back to OU um I think like I said I think that would make me happy that'd be great um I do think there's going to be some animosity though between uh the fans and him if he comes back to OU um especially if you know he has a game where he doesn't play very well and then you know fans are not going to uh I think they're going to have a pretty short leash with him um, based on what he's uh, how he's kind of in a way held the program hostage over the last, you know, since Lincoln Riley left to earlier this week when he could have, he could have announced that he was going to enter the portal at any point and chose to stay and play the bowl game. And Hey, I'm glad he did. We played, we played well and they won the game and that made me happy, but all signs were pointing to, he's going to come back. um, And then, last few days uh maybe a couple days before the alamo bowl and a couple days after it seemed like something had changed and or that you know the uh, tide had shifted a certain direction and um he ends up entering the portal um ou next year let's let's say if, if caleb williams comes back uh One of the wide receivers, Mario Williams, is in a portal also, and it seems like he's going to follow Caleb Williams wherever he goes. So um, if if Caleb Williams wants to come back and Mario Williams wants to come back to OU, um, I would say OU probably starts the season next year, probably ranked in the top 10, could be a top 10 team. Um, I don't know if they're a national championship uh, or a playoff contender, but I definitely think they're probably a top 10 team next year if he comes back. Um, if he doesn't come back, OU did pick up a, a commitment from a quarterback called Dylan Gabriel, who played at UCF last last two or three years. Uh, good player. Uh, he can throw the ball very well. He's I think he's thrown for three 3,000 yards like two of the years he was at UCF. And the other year, he only played like three games and got injured. But he had like a lot of yards and touchdown to interception ratio is good. Kind of like a left-handed Baker Mayfield is what I'm hearing, not necessarily he's he's Baker Mayfield type of player kind of a gunslinger kind of player I'm not saying that he is Baker Mayfield or that he's going to win Heisman but he's that type of a not not like a not like a Kyler Murray or a Caleb Williams where he's like a dual threat you know beat you with your beat you with his legs type of quarterback he's more of a drop back and fling it all over the field type of player so if Caleb Williams leaves and Dylan Gabriel ends up being the quarterback um, I think he's probably ranked maybe in the top 15 maybe top 20, somewhere between 20 and 12, somewhere in there. And that's probably where they end up finishing the year. Um, with Dylan Gabriel, I think I think that's a team that could still compete and probably possibly win uh, the Big 12, but not necessarily a team that um, has a good chance of competing for the playoffs or, or a national title, which is kind of the goal at OU, right? Um but if Caleb Williams was to come back, I think I think there is a possibility with that, with uh, for that to happen. Um, definitely, if Caleb Williams comes back, I think OU is the favorite to win the Big Twelve, and one of the favorites to make the uh, college football playoff. Um, Brent Venables, the new head coach, has been getting um, some transfers on defense and uh, picked up a couple defensive commitments um got a good recruiting class coming in even though it wasn't as good as it was. it's not as good as it was going to be under lincoln riley because we lost uh, we lost some commitments but um i think i think there's some as as much as i'd like to be pessimistic pessimistic about the future for ou next year and, um i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of feeling optimistic for some reason um i i feel like it's going to be okay i feel like the defense is going to make a make an improvement um it's going to be a. It's going to be a much more physical team, um, and the offense, whether it's Caleb Williams or Dylan Gabriel, I think the offense will be. Um, if it's Caleb Williams, obviously the offense is going to be like probably a top ten, top five offense in the country, and if it's Dylan Gabriel, it's probably going to be more like a top twenty, top twenty-five offense in the country. Either way, I think uh, OU is going to have a, a team next year that's going to win a lot of ball games. Um, it just depends on. You know, is OU is is the is the top level for OU next year, uh, competing for the Big Twelve title, or is it possibly uh, competing for a, a playoff spot? Um, playoff spot would be, you know, that's kind of uh, very very optimistic of me. And that and that's there's a lot of moving pieces in that for that to happen. So I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think Caleb Williams is going to leave OU. Um, I'm not sure where he's going to go. I've heard a lot of rumors on Twitter and on podcasts, but I don't really know where he's going to go. I mean, it's just as likely as he could go to any one of those places as as he comes back to OU, I think, at this point. Um, but uh, I don't think he's coming back. I think when Dylan Gabriel signed the same day that KO Williams entered the, uh, the portal, uh, let's see, KO Williams entered the portal about 230 in the afternoon, I think. And then uh, Dylan Gabriel uh, flipped his commitment from UCLA to OU at about seven o'clock that night. So I don't think Dylan Gabriel flips his commitment to OU unless he thinks that Caleb Williams isn't going to come back. And I don't think the coaches probably pursue him unless they think that Caleb Williams isn't coming back. So maybe they have to operate like Caleb Williams isn't coming back. If, uh, you know, the coaches can't sit there and wait for Caleb Williams to make his mind up. They have to He entered the portal. I think they have to operate under the impression that he's not coming back and go get a quarterback. So I think they did the right thing. And I think they got a good uh, guy out of the portal. Um, One of the better guys that are in the portal. Um, So probably the best that they could do at this moment in time, uh, given the situation that we're in. So that OU's in. I'm trying not to say we when I say OU, (laughs) but you know what I mean, right? If I say we, I mean it means OU. Um, But like I said, End of the season, uh, OU finishes 11 and 2. I mean, 11 and 2, right? And OU fans think feel like that's a really a disappointment, and and it kind of was, because uh, I was watching some old highlights uh, last couple of days, and like that first game of the season versus Tulane, uh, OU had a number two beside their name, right? A number two, with nothing in front of it or behind it, and you end the season 11 and 2, and you lose two out of your last three regular season games. Um, you don't play well I think part of that is um, your head the head coach had one of his you know had his one foot out the door and his head was halfway out the door too because some of the play calling now that you look back on during some of those games especially the games that oh lost it makes a lot of sense now that it just something felt weird on especially on offense the whole season and now it makes now it kind of has come full circle and but um Still an eleven and two season is is not nothing to to be too ashamed about. Uh definitely though, thought this was a year to compete for a national title and it and it didn't happen. So got a new coach, gonna have a new quarterback, gonna have a new offense coordinator, new defense coordinator, uh some new running backs. We got some guys who has a lot of the a lot of get a lot of people are going pro. So uh there's gonna be a lot of new faces on the team next year. So I'm already looking forward to it, though. I'm excited. I'm trying to talk my wife into going to the spring game. That'll be sometime in April. Uh, she's not really excited about that idea. Um, so I'll probably just have to wait till August, uh, end of August, uh, early September next year before the first game. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, Brent Venables on the sideline and see what his uh, style of coaching and style of defense brings to OU and what that means for the future. All right. Uh, with that said, uh, we'll jump into our student segments. Um, I guess I can make a national championship prediction real fast before I leave. Um, national championship game is uh, Monday night. Uh, Alabama and Georgia. Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC title game. And uh, initially I thought, uh, well, I'll just, you know, who ne- there doesn't need to be an explanation for this one. I mean, it's just Alabama. I'm going to pick Alabama to win. I think I think Bryce Young is better than Stetson Bennett, and I think that Alabama is going to score more points in Georgia. And Alabama, though I don't like it, it's going to win another national title. So, all right. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to uh, and uh, happy new year.
3: back to Everything NBA. I am Reeve Jenkins.
4: And I'm my name's Adams. In today's segment, we'll talk about how the Lakers trade and how they can better themselves as a team.
3: The Lakers' next two games and how they could be placed as high as the fifth seed.
4: And what players are nominated to be in the All-Star Game.
3: Okay, so in my opinion, the Lakers either have to trade Russell Westbrook or down the and Tucker or both.
4: Russ has also been getting blamed for his lack of efficient shooting and scoring and his inability to make good decisions.
3: Turnovers. On the other hand, Talon Horton Tucker has not been living up to the money that he got in the offseason, which was $10 million for three years.
4: Talon Horton Tucker, or THT, has been averaging only 2.7 points per game in his last five.
3: Playing 23 minutes a game. In my opinion, it will be easier for the Lakers to trade THT because he is their best trading asset, and a lot of teams value him as an upcoming star. Me being a Westbrook fan, I wanted to be traded to a good team that he could win a championship on, like the Celtics, Nets, or Sixers.
4: Now we'll transition over to talking about the Lakers' next two games and their standings. The Lakers are currently the eighth seed in the West with the record of 19 19. The next three games above them are the Clippers, Mavs, and the Nuggets.
3: The Clippers have a record of 19 19, and the Mavs have a record of 19 18, and the Nuggets with a record of 18 17.
4: The Lakers play the Kings and Hawks in their next two games. They should both be wins, but never take an NBA team lightly.
3: If the Lakers win both of these games, they'll have an over five hundred record of twenty nineteen.
4: The Clippers' next two games are against the Suns and Grizzlies.
3: These would be two losses, in my opinion.
4: The Mavs play the Warriors and Rockets for their next two games.
3: I think they'll go one and one, beating the Warriors. I mean, beating the Rockets and losing to the Warriors. The Nuggets next two games are against the Jazz and Kings. I think they'll go one and one beating the Kings and losing to the Jazz.
4: If all these results happen, the Los Angeles Lakers will have a realistic chance to be in the fifth seed in the Western Conference.
3: For our last topic of the podcast, we'll talk about NBA players that are most likely going to be all stars. In my opinion, I think people I think NBA players like Russell Westbrook, LeBron, Giannis, Kevin Durant can all be all stars.
4: I think Giannis and Chris Paul could be great all-stars, too. I
3: also think Kim Walker could be an all-star for for having the burden of, of being benched in the middle of the season and then coming back and playing how well he's playing. I think he, he, he deserves to be an all-star. And also DeMar DeRozan, he could be an all-star, too. He's playing really good for the Bulls. But it means this why they're one of the top seeds in the East.
4: All right. Well, that wraps up our podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's segment.
3: This is Reeve Jenkins,
4: and this is Maya Nunes Adams.
3: Signing off.
1: Hi, I'm Leamar
5: Gupta, and welcome to Global Soccer. Today, I have some we have some games to cover with the with the winter transfer window opens and some future possibilities with Erling Haaland. All right, let's start off with Mohamed.
6: So what I did was, was round of 32, Linus departure versus Barcelona. Barcelona lost by one. What what happened in the game was it started off by element fines down to the left, so dragging efforts to the post. Then, then... Coligan Jatuli gold as the Barcelona have turned it off the Barcelona counter and Jingla cuts off into the racing board. he creates a shooting space and curls on the effort which made it two to the one on the side. then again for Barcelona dimably gold with this cursed commander Barsha Di bleeds a challenge and shoots from the edge of the box. So he should have the edge of the box and, and low-curling beats one-on-one game. Then, uh, for the, uh, the Lagos, uh, Antonio gold at the end. Then Barcelona had it open.
5: All right, thank you, Muhammad. Now, Michael, can you cover what you've gotten?
7: Um, I got um a game from January to Sunday. um. A game with Chelsea versus Liverpool it was a tight game and losing four consecutive Premier League games against Liverpool between 2019 and 2020 Chelsea are unbeaten in their last three against the Reds Chelsea have drawn five of their six Premier League home games drawing three consecutive league matches at Stamford Bridge for the first time since February 2016 a run for under Gus hidden there have been four insta- is- instances in the Premier League this season of a side failing to win a game in which they led by two goals with Liverpool accounting for two of those occasions Two a two-two with visits Brighton in October and today this is Chelsea.
5: Thank you, Michael. Now we go to Kevin.
0: Um on January two um Barcelona Barcelona played with Mallorca. Um, um this game took Barcelona to the victory, um and kept Barcelona in the finals from Champions League. Um, Mallorca had a very short position of thirty-five percent, so there was no chance to win against Barcelona. And the classes were also lower than Barcelona.
5: Alright, thank you, Kevin. Now I'm going to go wish to him the future possibilities for Erling Holland. Erling Holland will make his future choices and on January thirty first, twenty twenty two. His choices are Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG, Man City, Borussia Dortmund—not Borussia Dortmund. I mean, Bayern Munich and Liverpool and Chelsea. Over over Tom's break, to was staying in Spain, and and he said that he wanted to play in Spain this order cut out the majority of those options, leaving only two left. For Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah. The possibilities of Helen moving to Real are I don't think of it. Because Helen wants to lead a new team. He wants to be the star. He wants to lead it all. And the and Barcelona's president, Juan Laporta, has some pretty has ha- always had good re- has always had a good relationship with with Tallon's agent. So we're about to see how how this works out. How, their, how, the transfer budget. Bars has been very well on money lately, right? With a an, and with the new signing of on Torres, it can make it even worse. Losing your chances to sign a brand new player but real madrid i won't really give it to him they will probably sign kylian mbappe but kylian mbappe will take up so much and i mean so much in the media he's killing mbappe uh, the transfer is going to come soon i think we all know that he wants he wants to finish the season in psg and when the are with him i think that could happen we'll take it there are strong possibilities uh, so after that, Kylian Mbappe wants to go around Madrid, and right now PSG is not letting it up. They want to keep very offering him everything they can. I mean, they're a very rich club. They can they can make if they wanted to, they can make him the richest player in the world. Uh, he he's worth to them. He could be worth a lot. But I think I think he really wants to go somewhere else in Spain. He really wants to play for a new team. But I think it's just a fact, right? That it's I think everyone is is always like has always wanted there to be like some type of like clash between Haland and Mbappe, right? Mbappe, right? Mbappe's definitely gonna go to Real Madrid. I think there's nothing stopping him. Uh you said even I think even if they win the there's no way that PSG is keeping him. I think he's Real Madrid. And I think he's basically Real Madrid's. Anyways, Holland though. Holland is a Holland also an And Juan uh, Laporta when he was first elected, he, he made the brand new signing of Ronaldinho back in uh, the 2000s, right? Look what that did. I mean, they won the La Liga title. They won. They won their second ever. Their second Champions League, right? Which is very big. So the Laporte is trying to do that, the same thing with Erling Haaland, the pain faded away, the pain is doing so well, I mean, Ansu Fati gets injured too too much, I mean, Ansu Fati missed almost the whole season last season, he literally played one game, the next time he gets injured again, he's back, he's back on the bench. So, I think the main thing that Barca needs to do if they want to get back is get Haaland, but well, there are also some other things. There are all the possibilities, but they are low. With Hala wanting to play in Spain, Usman Dembele, they are also hitting Usman Dembele going to PSG. Uh, if if, it's, if the transfer doesn't work out, I'm um, signing his new contract with Barca. Doesn't work out, but I think if Barca really wants Halad and Cora and Trina and the toys uh, they're really gonna have. They're gonna have to get rid of Erling Haaland. No, not Erling Haaland. They're gonna have to get rid of Usman Dembele. He he's just too much money for them. They're gonna have to get rid of a number of people. Uh, Samuel M. Um, uh, Samuel Mp. Uh, they're gonna if they're gonna have to get rid of Samuel M T T, Uh, Usman Dembele. Who else? Philip with the uh, continuous what I think is gonna happen. Uh, but those are they have to be rid of those players who are taking too much of their budget, too much of that money. They're only in a financial crisis, Which isn't which isn't looking too good. I mean, and with the new signing for Fernando Torres, it isn't looking good. I mean they're they're gonna get a lot of money. They need a they need a they need to get rid of these players. And if they get rid of these players, the they'll have about a few hundred million. And then on top of that, Joan Laporta is also looking to get a loan from the bank. But he's going to, if Joan Laporta wants to sign Erling Holland, he's going to need at least, uh, he's going to need a lot of money. I mean, the, uh,
1: the, the, uh,
5: Maurice Dormittal is going to want $100 million. Uh his, his agent's going to want uh, some more, um, he's going to at least want a budget, he's going to want a really good, uh, he's going to want a good contract, making at least maybe I say two, $20 million, $15 million a year, I don't think Barca has that kind of money. Uh, they have, if they want to, if they want to even have a chance to get Holland, they're going to have to get rid of new stuff. Uh, but I think it's really just up to how this plays out. And we will see it on January 31st. Now, let's, all, let's also go to, to, let's go to, let's go to some future predictions for the season. Uh, my prediction is that. Uh, if you'll win the win the Champions League. I mean, it's just that they're a big super team. I mean, it's their super team, but I don't know how they're doing because the Messi Dell, uh Messi Del uh is out, some other players. Uh
1: they're
5: they're out with COVID by the way. The new Omniprint is not looking so good for everyone. I mean players are being taken out. Uh, I think Barcelona will win the Europa League. Because Barcelona, I mean, even though they're in this death, horrible fit, I think if they get some good transfers, like Fora Torres, it's good good getting If they if they can get him registered, he will be a big help scoring some goals, uh, getting assists. I'm looking forward. Uh, there may even be a signing of uh, Morata, but Juventus, Allegri is not letting up. Anyways, I'm Liracuta, and this is Global Soccer.
0: Hello and welcome to Inside the Diamond Baseball Podcast. Um, This week we will only be talking about the lockout, the horrible lockout. Um, Really it's just bad for everyone and there's not much to talk about because nothing's happening. No trades, no free agent signings. Uh, Yeah, this could get messy. But it could be resolved soon. There's no talk about it being resolved or no deals being struck or anything coming soon. Um, I, get, I, think the, I think that Rob Manfred and the players are both too stubborn to come to an agreement that is beyond what they wanted. So, oh, this could last forever. But it could be over tomorrow, and it could be over in an hour, and it could be over in a year. But, um, uh, never. It's so bad. It's just yeah, just, it's it's crazy you know, that we go for the whole um, off season. And that's uh, never been. Normally, the off season is one of my favorite parts of the season because we it's just trades and changes and and cool additions to team. Um, it's become to be like super. Power teams, uh, meta teams, just crazy. Um, there's been a lot of crazy all-season trades and free agency signings in the past few years, and I was really looking forward to that. But that can happen if this happens, if there's a lockout. And that just turns everything into chaos. Um, anything y'all need to say about the lockout?
1: Oh, yeah, so... Uh, So, um... We will
8: be missing out on the spring training games, which are... Which were supposed to happen by now, but they won't be happening anymore. And... And... Some players are saying... Wait. Some players are saying that they'll get... That they'll actually have to... um, uh, push back the start of the season by at least one week.
5: Yeah, the lock
0: the lockout is uh, affecting spring training and maybe even some uh, postseason games, and, and it's looking it's looking like it's going to do that ev- eventually. But I, I hope it get, I hope it gets better. And, but we uh, they should give us info about like what's happening or something or when it's about to end or so we can have a chance to know what's happening
9: yeah the lockdown is super bad um it's just like baseball is just boring right now nothing's happening pushing back the games and it's just baseball is just not at a good state right now so yeah that's pretty much all i got
0: yeah i i I agree with what um all y'all said william he said that they're not communicating and that's that's the problem they're not communicating anything no deals are being struck um and if they are nobody's um publicizing that and so we have no idea what's happening nobody has any idea what's happening and it's just bad it's just all bad and bad and bad and it just creates chaos and boring and a boring MLB season, um, if the season even starts on time, which I doubt it will, uh, because like I said, both sides of the story are um, super stubborn, and I don't think they'll be striking a deal anytime soon, I hope, but I don't think. And... Yeah, so uh, uh, free. Uh, once, once the lockouts over, free agents are gonna be like rushing to teams, or they they need a job, so they need a contract, and but they need a good one. Uh, so it's it's just gonna be chaos once it's all over. Yeah, exactly. Free agencies. That's gonna be so rushed and so bad. The the big players will be getting small contracts and. They'll just be taking the first deal that they get, and um, they won't have these big bidding wars that everybody loves in MLB, uh-huh. and they won't have
1: these.
0: these um, it won't even be a decision for the players, it'll just be like they, they pick the first person who gives them an offer.
8: They'll, you know, one, one question I have to the businessman is like, What are you gaining by this? You're losing so much, you're losing all this excitement. Of the off season and possible revenue from, you know, the start of the first few games of the week in the new season. Like, what are you gaining from this? From like what? A couple contracts uh, that the players want that the players want uh, uh, altered. Some a quick law, but just like there's just so much loss for something so stupid.
0: Exactly, I completely agree with you. it's just so just it, it's obvious and it, it can be resolved. Like, it could be resolved if everybody wasn't so stubborn, and there's literally nothing that anybody is gaining gaining from this. That's why nobody likes it, and this is why it makes everything boring. And it's because there's no gain, there's just loss. Like, maybe, maybe whenever a deal is struck, everybody gets what they want, or half of the people get what they want. Um, yeah, and then it's just gonna be bad. Yeah. Well, um I think that's all we have to talk about today. Um thank you for listening. Make sure to come back next week. Once again, these are your hosts. I am Reed Flowers.
9: I'm Jackson McPhail.
0: I'm William Matherton.
1: Rafael
8: Arroyo.
0: And thank you for watching at Inside the Diamond.
10: hello and welcome to episode 10 of mlb on the line i'm joined by co-hosts isaac allison harris mann and connor mcsorley today we will be talking about the matt Olson trade rumors and the trevor story trade rumors um so first let's start with the olsen do any of you guys want to expand on that or should i
11: yeah so i heard that matt Olson is could be going to the braves Am all right right um.
0: Should
11: I? Yeah, John, yeah, right. Uh, didn't I think Matt Olsen is trade rumors of going to the Braves. And if he does go to the Braves, I think that it's gonna be really hard for him because there's already really good players at his spots. So he may have to like switch off from I think he's first base or outfield. I don't know. I think he's at first base. Which Fred Freeman's already there and Fred Freeman's really good. So I think that uh, what that Matt Olsen's gonna have to like Maybe play third base or, or or outfield. Um, you still Austin out there.
10: but you still have Austin Riley. That's the problem.
11: Yeah. And the problem. outfield
10: is pretty tight already with the Cunha coming back.
11: Yeah. Um, I think I think Matt Olson could very easily be. It'd be a really good thing. In, uh, there's also rumor that the DH is going to go to the National League too. So, yeah,
10: but then that's your that Adam happens,
0: spot.
11: But then that, but then that's your Adam DeVall spot. So where do you put Olsen? Yeah, no, Olsen could be D H, but Olson would also is also a very versatile player. So I'm pretty sure Olson, I bet he could Freddie's getting older, and I think Freddie needs time off, I think that Olsen's like right there. So Olson is actually funny, the Olson will probably be a backup for the Braves.
1: Yeah.
11: But because of that, I don't think the Braves are going to pick him up. Why not? Because there's already players for his spot, but and no, but it'd be so
10: great if he has interest in that team. It'd be so great to have someone to fall on if Freddie Freeman gets injured, because that's already a All Star, and if you have him as a backup, that just shows how strong your team is. Yes, yeah, so especially I think, since they think- won the World Series last year, he'll have a lot of interest.
11: Yeah, but I don't think Freddie has a very high chance of getting injured because he doesn't play like outfield or like a position where like you're like diving. Like he dives, but like he doesn't like rob on runs and like
10: Freddie Freeman. You have to you have to remember though he's still pretty young. He's got at least ten seasons.
11: Yeah, that's it. Just I thought he was older because he has like a son, but like because of that, I think that Matt Olson should go to like if Matt Olson would be really good. On the Toronto Blue Jays. Because they could put Vladimir excuse Guerrero me, Vladimir, at third. They Vladimir,
1: could put Vladimir, Vladimir, Vladimir at third.
11: And, and Olsen at first. That would be really good. And you'd have. Yeah. It would be even crazier. I, I think if he went to the Rangers. That would be even crazier. Yeah, be
1: but, yeah. The Rangers
10: need to rebuild. After they lost Joey Gallo to the Yankees.
11: Well, they already have pretty much. If they add Matt Olson, they're definitely a good. They're really good contender against the Astros. Yeah. The Astros already have a. There's also a big possibility that the Astros will not be as good as the Rangers this year because of all the players like Correa is leaving. He's been really slow. So I think that it's going to be a really hard season for the Astros. But they're probably going to have to pick up somebody from Triple A.
10: Yeah, they always they've had a good farm system for a while now. But um, yeah. next, let's talk about the Trevor Story deal because I think he surprised everyone by wanting to leave right after Nolan Arenado did. So I think Carl- Colorado's pretty heartbroken right now. But it's the end of his free agency. or He's now a free agent, so what do you guys think? Where do you think he'll go?
11: I think it'd be great if he went to the Astros. But honestly, I'd rather have Correa resign uh than trevor story but if if i I'd also rather want
10: I'm trevor predicting that he's gonna go Korea
11: asked for too much I'd rather give Trevor Story a lower contract for less money story's gonna get a big contract. Give Correa a giant contract because Trevor Story's like almost as good as Correa. Well Harris you're
10: you have to think that um well yes Trevor Story is a great player but he's worth way more than Korea right now. He's also gonna be asking for way more, especially since he's been um, MVP contenders for a while now.
11: Well, yeah, but that doesn't no, mean think anything, him. The because they have all that money. Yeah, no, I don't think Trevor Story would go to the Yankees. I, I, know, I think the Yankees. Come on. Oh, that's a good. I, that's a good one. But the Yankees already got uh, Rizzo and Gallo, so yeah, that...
10: but Trevor Story's a shortstop.
11: I know, but like they already spent so much. I don't know if the, how they could afford.
10: They
11: can always afford Harris. That'd be the Yankees. And plus, I think that uh, Trevor Story sees that if he can go to a team like he's gonna, he's either. I would like to see him on the Astros. I could see him going on the Yankees. But I could also see him to go to like a team that a teams that haven't made a lot of moves, like the Marlins. They haven't made like no moves yet. And that would be crazy. The Marlins
10: need to rebuild. Yeah. They have maybe two good
0: players. Yeah.
10: And eventually, I think Sandy Alcantara is going to leave because he's been performing as a pitcher and no one has really paid attention to him because of what a bad team the Marlins are.
11: Yeah, the Marlins- Isaac Marlins.
10: do you guys have any thoughts on those trades?
12: Honestly, I really hope Correa re-signs with the Astros because he is a really good player.
6: What
10: about you, Connor? I don't think I have any thoughts on it. I don't really know. Uh, okay. Um, speaking of uh, re-signing, Verlander just resigned, which was pretty big.
11: About, I'm pretty sure we already talked about Verlander. Yes, but,
10: but now that he's healthy, I feel like we should give him some more credit.
11: No, nope, no. Nope. Lander's too old. He's not gonna prefer him like he is. I think you Val's can't be so.
10: Like... He gets. He's like a fine wine. He gets better as it goes. As Mark, no. as uh, as Giraffe Neck Mark would say.
11: No, I don't think that.
10: No, he, he's insane. What are you talking about?
11: <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, he's good, but he's like way too he's, old.
10: He's still gonna deal for us. He's gonna be our ace.
11: Yeah, we need to get like. A lot of not a pitchers in free agency right now. I feel like it'd be good to like pick up somebody like all the trade, all the pitchers that we've gotten have not performed. Like Kendall Graveman, Kendall Graveman has done terrible, like terrible.
10: What are you talking about? It's not Kendall Graveman. Kendall Graveman has been doing great.
11: No, have you seen his World Series performances?
10: That was one series, and he's no, a no, young and guy.
11: And his- he's a young
10: guy. The pressure got to him.
11: No, and the rest, and, like, the rest of the, in the season. In the MLB, it doesn't matter if you're young. Like, every MLB player is, like, developed and plays like a veteran. They At least they should. Triple, H, triple A is – There's
10: always pressure from uh, the beginning.
11: I know, but he's literally – I think he's a closer, right? He's a relief. Yeah, he's a reliever. So, I think he doesn't really have that much – he do not have to start a game. He doesn't have to throw, like, five innings. So I think all he has to do is just like throw strikes which he does not. So I don't think that's a really good trade.
10: It's not throwing strikes that's the problem. It's them hitting it. Because he has no problem with controlling the zone. It's just the pitches he tries to throw sometimes.
1: Yeah.
11: Well actually I think that it's not a good idea to like not go for a lot of players. It's a we should have gone for more pitchers than we have players because we have a farm. Actually, no, we should pick up more people from the farm system that are pitchers. And like pitch a lot of them for the whole season, like maybe a game or two and test them out to see if they're, they're good. And if they do good, we pitch them again and they're going to be one of our players. Okay,
1: Um,
10: Harris, are there any other uh, deals you want to talk about or is that it?
11: Oh uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it.
10: Okay. Thanks for watching MLB on or er, listening to MLB on the line, folks. Uh, keep watch. You er, can't watch baseball right now, but keep being a baseball fan and we'll see you next week. Bye.
13: Hello and welcome back to NFL Best of the Week. As you know, we talk about the three best games of the week and I'm here with Fahad, Noah, Matthew and me. The first game we're going to talk about is the Cardinals and the Cowboys. This was a 25-22 victory by the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals pretty hung hung with the Cowboys pretty well. And this was actually a very crucial game in the playoffs positions for both teams, since I believe they're in the same division. Or they're not, never mind. Okay, anyway, um, I believe Matthew.
12: Yeah, okay, so... This game for the Cowboys was really important because with the win here, they could stay in contention for the number one seed. But since they lost 25 22, they are now only going to, they're not going to get that first round bye. So the Cardinals played a pretty good game. Kyler Murray had uh, 260 yards and two touchdowns. On the ground, they weren't very successful because of Dallas's good D line, but Chase Edmonds did have about 50 yards. And without Hopkins, their receivers are kind of weak, and they struggled around the red zone. What do you think, Fahad?
14: You know, if you look at it, I don't. Uh, they were pretty weak without Hopkins. Rushing wise, I don't believe they had James Conner, and so having Chase, Ed- Chase Edmonds, did solid. I guess for just be starting immediately, he didn't do that good. But if we go over to the Dallas side, Dak Prescott had a pretty good game passing wise. Dallas could not rush at all. They just got nothing going. I don't know if they didn't do it. Elliott had nine carries, could, could couldn't even muster up twenty yards. Receiving yard wise, it was pretty spread out. And yeah, it was. What do you think about uh, What do you think about it, Matthew? Uh, Noah.
15: Oh, um, the for the Dallas Cowboys, the turn the turnovers were like. They had like a lot of turnovers, like on their on their side. Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, they they didn't have any turnovers, which is a is a is a like, uh, like a, a minor key difference to the they like to their win, but yeah yeah, but they
13: didn't. And with that, we're gonna move on to our next game, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Jets. This was a 28-24 victory by Tampa Bay, who has already clinched their playoff position, I'm pretty sure. And I think with that win, they clinched number one spot in the AFC or
0: NFC.
12: Anyway, um, Matthew? So they didn't clinch the number one seed. That was Green Bay Packers. But they are um, probably going to get the number two or three, which puts them in a pretty good spot for the first round of the playoffs. Tom Brady, another solid game. 400 yards and three touchdowns, but this was the Jets, so not too impressive. And I, I don't think he's going to win MVP this year. I think it's probably going to be Rodgers. on the ground. Ronald Jones, first round pick from I think 2018, he got injured. This was his big opportunity against the the sorry Jets defense. He got injured. En- he had an ankle injury, and Keyshawn Vaughn and Le'Veon Bell stepped up for those uh for the second half. And they were all right. Uh, What do you think, Fahad?
14: So if you look at it, you know, the Buccaneers almost losing to the New York Jets. It's insane. Uh, Some things did happen to the game. You're probably thinking, oh, wow, Le'Veon Bell, he's back. No, he's not. He did not do good at all. (laughs) Uh, Rushing-wise, receiving-wise, he did decent. Uh, Now, a big controversy that happened during this game is obviously Antonio Brown. Uh, taking his jersey off and his stuff off and throwing it into the stands and just leaving the game. That was a big part of the game, and that's all people talk about really. But receiving-wise, Rob Bronkowski did the best uh, for the Buccaneers and Braxton Berrios for the Jets, who's uh, fairly underrated, not talked about much, and he is a pretty good player. Uh, Yeah, and so I'm going to pass that on to Noah.
15: I mean, like the, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like they almost lost to the, to the New York Jets, which they're not even a playoff team. Like what, what's going to go, what's going to go on for in the playoffs if Tampa Bay Buccaneers keep doing, um, keep like, if they don't have Antonio Brown, which he's like on like a, he's like on like a mental, like he's, he's like, I don't know. He's like. Uh, some mental problems with, like, you know, like, I don't know. Cause somebody somebody made it mad, which, which caused, like, uh, which caused the, like, which actually almost threw the game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
12: Yeah, and something I do want to mention about the Buccaneers is that they are really injured right now. They have a few injuries on the O-line, and they're missing Leonard Fournette, which was Brady's number one target through the year. And they're missing Chris Godwin, who's out for the year, who was his number two target. And in this game, they were, uh, or they had Mike Evans, but he was limited. So that's, I think that's a big reason why they were down 14 at one point to the Jets. Cole, you want to take us to our next game?
13: Yes, and that game happens to be the Chiefs and the Bengals. Now, this game was another game of two teams who were in the playoff contention and we're kind of vying – their playoff seeds. Now, the Chiefs almost, sorry, the Bengals almost, sorry, I'm sorry, the Bengals won last minute after they scored a touchdown against the Chiefs and they ended up winning 34 31 after the Chiefs could not come back from the touchdown. Um, Fahad?
14: So, if you look at this game, this was a Really close game Bengals end up winning uh, on if you look at the Bengals side um, Joe Burrow monster game 446 passing yards and four touchdowns, but the most impressive part has to be Jamar Chase with 266 receiving yards you had an unbelievable game I don't know if he was just on fire or the Chiefs decided not to tackle him He just had amazing play after amazing play Rushing-wise, for the Bengals, they were pretty weak. Joe Mixon didn't do the best, only 46 yards. For Casey, uh, it was Darrell Williams who had 88 yards, and receiving was pretty spread out also for Kansas City.
12: Uh, Matthew? Well, I think an important part of this game is the Cincinnati defense in their corners, um, especially stepping up in the second half. They were down big. It it didn't seem like they could stop the Chiefs at all. And the Chiefs actually almost scored another touchdown before half that was kind of dropped by Hill. So this defense was struggling in the first half. But in the second half, they only gave up three points. And they held Mahomes to like 50 yards. And something else I want to mention is that as far as Jamar Chase, a lot of his yards and catches were on jump balls. So Jill Burrow is really trusting him. Probably some of some of that uh, chemistry they have from LSU. yeah, he has really strong hands. He goes up and gets the ball and that's why he racks up so many yards. Noah and
15: by the way, this is a this is like a pretty even match like uh, both teams both teams get a, like won. and both teams are going to the playoffs. Cincinnati's a a wild card team. Uh, Kansas City is the division leader, I think um. Yeah.
13: And with that, I think we're going to end our episode. See you guys next week. Bye. See you.
14: Farewell.
16: Welcome back to NFL Top News with your host, Rustin Goshan. We're joined with Bodie and Ibrahim today. And we're just going to be talking about all NFL. Today, I'm going to start off with the NFL. What's just the records in the NFL currently? One game I want to talk about the most today is the Jets Buccaneers game and how they almost lost. They almost lost to the Jets. The Brady almost lost to the Jets. And Bodie will go more in depth about the Antonio Brown situation. But to move on, Texans vs San Francisco, seven to twenty-three, final score. That was a that was a pretty bad game. And uh, Texans are really they're a weird team. Like They beat the Titans, but they lost to San Francisco. About the Titans, they're going to actually play them this week, week 18. Um, and I think that will be also a good game. I, I would like to see what the Titans would do, what they would change up maybe to go against the Texans this week. Now, next game I want to talk about is the Patriots versus the Jags, 50-10. to 10. Jesus, Patriots. They've been on a roll lately. They've, I think they're like 10 and 6 right now. They're, yeah, 10 and 6. They're 10 and 6 right now. And they're on a roll. I, I think they're one of my favorite underdogs going into the playoffs. About the person who I think will be on top in the playoffs will probably be the Packers, who had a 37 10 win against the Vikings this week. And it was like a blowout, kind of. There's nothing really to it. But 13 and 3. Packers, my Super Bowl favorite. Uh, now, this is probably a kind of sad game that Browns versus Steelers. This is probably Ben Roethlisberger's last time, last season in the NFL. That was probably one of his last games in the NFL. He is getting old. He is, like, not mobile at all. The age is getting to him. And I see him retiring next year and maybe, maybe, like, two years. Like, next season or, like, two seasons. Um, a good game. This week was Cardinals Cowboys. Uh, they're both eleven and five now, and the Cardinals won twenty-five twenty-two. Cardinals have been on a kind of losing streak lately. Going, uh, I think they were like ten and something like a couple of weeks ago. Now they're a, a ten. They were ten and five, and with this game, now they're eleven and five. And the Cowboys have been actually doing pretty good as well. They've been last couple of seasons they've been kind of underwhelming, won like eight, nine, nine and eight stuff like that. And now eleven and five. They're all they're all the yeah, Cardinals and Cowboys going to the playoffs. Next game was the Lions versus the Seahawks. Two thirteen and one. They are the Lions. They're terrible. Um their head coach is good. i uh, just they have such terrible people. I think you can you can make use with Jared Goff. I'm gonna be honest. He's not a bad QP. I don't know, he led the like Rams to the Super Bowl, but like Matthew Stafford is a better QB. Seahawks 6-10. Russell Wilson still hurt. Like, I can kind of tell when you're playing. He isn't throwing as well. Nothing, nothing's on the game. Um, But that's all I'm going to talk about for today. And I'm going to give it to Bodie. So I'm going to talk about how Antonio Brown uh, pretty much quit.
17: Uh, Well, not pretty much, he did quit in the middle of a Jets-Bucks uh, game. um, So, Antonio Brown has always been a hothead. Uh, I'm surprised that Pittsburgh uh, coach put up on him for all those years. But, like, he's a good artist. He just doesn't have a good temper. You know? And, like, uh, he he got released and then got sent to the Jets. No, 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 to the, uh, to the uh, Raiders. And uh, there was something that went down over there that, uh, I guess, uh, just something happened with him and the coach of like, him with like the coach being like racist to Antonio Brown or something, but like later those screenshots of him doing the exact same thing to other people. So I mean, I guess Antonio Brown might have been right all along, but either way, he's always been a hothead. And uh, in the Bucks uh, Jets game, I saw that um, he took off his uh he took off his like shirt and all and his pads and all that and ran across the field while they were playing. Well, not across the field, but like in the end zone while they were playing. pretty much uh, showing that he's quitting. Um. It was uh it was a close game, uh, it was twenty eight twenty four. And uh I think I think the main reason why uh he quit was I saw this thing where he was only a couple of catches off of like his bonus, like which is uh, some type of money if he got like eight more catches or something. I think it was like three to stars. And I think they benched him, which I, I heard that the Bucks have like a history of doing that. So, like every single time that someone gets close to getting the they just bench them so they can't get it. They just thought off for however many games they were supposed to get it in. So I think, he's, I think that might have been the reason why I saw Mike Evans and trying to pull him down, trying to tell him not to do that it like, um, you, you can see that Antonio Brown uh, just did it anyway. After the game, he had, I guess this is him retiring because he, I don't think he's going to go back into prison or any team pick him up. But you could tell that he obviously did not care because he posted like a tweet just like just showing that he doesn't care about football anymore. And I don't think anybody can be able to handle him. So I think he'll be done in the NFL for uh, – a very long time, or maybe some terrible team that just needs someone to try and help carry their team. will probably try and pick him up, but like, that's how I highly doubt that. Like, I don't really think that that's gonna happen. And that's all I really have, uh, now to Abraham. Uh,
8: uh, hello, uh, today I'll be talking about uh, Mike Zimmer and the Vikings and what he really thinks about them. Well, um, uh, Mike Zimmer himself, like he's pretty old, as like everyone knows, he's 65 years old. And like his future in Minnesota remains unknown because like the Vikings are right now are heading into their season finale against the Bears on Sunday. And in an interview with a, a broadcaster, his name was Paul Allen, I think Zimmer said, like, uh, regardless of like how, they, if they win or lose, like he himself is proud of the job. He and his staff like has done over the past, like say eight, uh, seven or eight seasons they've done, he's done in Minnesota. And like, yeah, anything. Uh, and he says, regardless of anything that goes on after the season, uh, that he can still stand proud, uh, like revealing that he might be retiring soon after his two years take. But, uh, or contract, sorry. And he said, he also says when he walks into the stadiums, uh, every game, he feels like here, yeah, he s- thinks himself and says like a billion people would love to be like standing there and doing his job right now. And of course, like he himself is proud of this job that he does right now, but he feels like that it might be time for himself to retire. He uh, also owns, like, a 71-56-1 career record with the Vikings. And Minnesota, they clinched their first back-to-back non-playoff season uh, with uh, Mike as the coach. And they got a loss Sunday against Chicago. Well, yeah, they lost Sunday against the Bears. And this marked the first time in Zimmer's tenure his club has suffered 10 defeats in one season. Zimmer remains a top defensive mind, And, like, while he's, like, really tough and focused, he still turns out uh, defeats twice a year. And the question is for Vikings Rass whether it's time for a new voice in the locker room after winning just one playoff game in the past four years. Knowing Vikings haven't really got that for, that far in the season for the past like four years, it makes pretty uh, it makes pretty obvious it makes it pre- pretty obvious that Mike is doing that good as a coach and as a person who works to push the team to do better overall. So, basing off the Vikings like stats for the past few years, I think it wouldn't be too bad of an an idea for Mike to stop being the coach for the Vikings. Now though Mike has a contract that has two more years and we'll have to wait until 2024 to retire from the Vikings as a coach. I think taking a permanent leave would be good for the Vikings. Uh, I think Mike taking a permanent leave would be good for the Vikings. But this is, this is of course just my own opinion. And I think that a good amount of people would agree with this. But that's all I have to say. Thank you for listening.
16: There's one more thing I want to add to Bulldy's thing. There's also another possibility that Antonio Brown earlier stated that he might have got injured. He said that he um, broke something in his ankle. Uh thing about this, it could easily be proven or disproven. So if he's lying, he's kind of screwed. So, so I wanted to add that. Oh, and he was released from the Buccaneers like an hour ago. Alright, That's all I have for today. Thank you, Bodie and New for joining me. Uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you.
13: Hello, I am your host, John Allen, with my co,
0: not co, my subordinates, Issa and Adam. Today we'll be talking about
13: Russell Westbrook and how COVID has impacted NFL players, I mean,
0: (laughs) NBA players. On to Adam.
13: All right,
18: first we'll be talking about the Atlanta Hawks, the two main players for them are Bogdan Bogdanovich and John Collins. Now these have been two very good scores aside from Trey Young. Yeah. So I think missing them is a big uh, impact on the Atlanta Hawks.
9: Yeah, John Collins is he's one of their best better defensive players and
18: He's very good in the paint for offense. Yeah, he's good
9: in the paint also. And Bogdan Bogdanovich is kind of old, but that means he has a lot of experience. He's also a really good three-point shooter. I mean, not as good as Trey Young, but he's yeah. definitely pretty close. Actually, not pretty close, but he's still pretty good.
18: Okay, um, on to the Boston Celtics. We have Ennis Cantor. I think I pronounced that right. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, he's uh, their center. Um, he's a big defensive scorer. I mean, a uh, defensive player. and
9: Well, he's not actually that good at defense. That's one of his weaker spots. Oh. And he's pretty slow, but he's still a good role player, especially in the post. And he actually, he played with Russell Westbrook, who our co-host Sean is going to have a solo segment later on about.
18: Yeah, I'm uh, very interested in that at the end. Okay, um, so, all right, not much for the Boston Celtics, which is good, because you don't want many people on the list. For the Hornets, you have P.J. Washington.
9: P.J. Washington was a... He's a relatively new player. He got drafted a couple years ago. He had a pretty promising rookie <laughs> year, but he hasn't really improved too much. I mean, he's he's a good role player right now. He's scoring... Yeah. Around fifteen points a game, getting like eight rebounds.
18: Yeah, I think that's a pretty average. Yeah, uh, I think
1: it's good when at least like a
18: week to recover from COVID.
1: Um. If, all right. the new oh, uh, COVID, many people
13: have been getting COVID more. Like in Texas, COVID is at all-time high.
1: Um,
13: okay,
18: after the statement from Sean, um, on to the Chicago Bulls, you have uh, Billy Donovan. Um, Lisa, I think you know um, more about Billy Donovan than I do. Um,
9: well, all I really know about him is he's the coach, oh. and he's the coach they've had for a while, actually.
18: Oh, well, that's big, because if you don't have your head coach in, he's like the main one generating yeah. what to do. So
9: so they're going to have to go down to their assistant coach, and I have no clue who that is. All right. So for Dallas Mavericks, they're missing three players, Boban Marjanovic, Kristaps Porzingis, and Isaiah Thomas. Most notably, um, they're missing Porzingis, who's that, their second-best player behind Luke Yeah, Kikar.
18: he is uh, pretty good in the paint. V- uh, very tall, able to play defense, too. Shoot. Yeah, uh, I'd, say, uh, I'd say a Thomas, great paint score and mid-range guy. And he can occasionally shoot threes, I think. Um, and then Boban Marjanovic. I think, is he a good three-pointer, uh, a three-point shooter, he's or no?
9: The, he's the seven-foot, like, four guy. The center.
18: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He oh, yeah. can't
9: really shoot or dribble or okay. pass.
18: It's a good role. But player. he's
9: really good because he's tall. Yeah. So, I guess that's all you have to be. Well, I mean, you have to have skill.
18: All right. For the Denver Nuggets, we have Jeff Green. Um again i think jeff green is a role player on the denver nuggets not uh not one of the best players on the team but he can hit the shots
9: he can Uh, definitely have some good nights he can support the other players with his shooting yeah at the power forward position he can help people like Jokic on defense but he's not really a superstar like I mean, I don't think there are a lot of superstars on this list, but he's not one of them. He's just a good role player.
18: All right, on to the Indiana Pacers. We have Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, and TJ Warren. Um, I think Malcolm Brogdon is kind of an all-around player.
9: Malcolm Brogdon's really good. He played with Giannis. In Milwaukee, and oh. that's where he really became a good player. He's like a borderline all star. That's the best that way I can describe him. Yeah, he's not an all star, but he could be. He's close to and an all. If he gets a little better. Yeah, that's kind of hard. If he though. gets better.
0: Just oh. keep on training until you get better and better, and then you become really an
1: all star.
0: Uh Jeremy Son, Lamb. I, I
9: for one can't wait for your solo segment. It's gonna be so good.
0: It's gonna be so bad.
9: It's gonna be good. Don't worry. You got this.
0: Jeremy Lamb
18: is a good player. He is one of the big scorers on the Indiana Pacers. Uh, from he was, yeah, he was a second best before Paul George left the Pacers, but now I think he's made his way up there to the number uno. Oh.
9: The Clippers have Luke, or Can- er, they're missing Luke Kennard, Ivika Zubach. Is that how it's called? whatever and their coach tyron lu who actually used to coach the Cavs, and he was the one that was coaching them when they won the championship in 2016 they came back every one from against the warriors
18: oh yeah that guy he was like bald and
9: yeah he's bald and short short well i mean everybody looks short next to basketball players okay
18: that's true like giants um Ivika Zubach is a good paint scorer for the LA Clippers. Um, I don't know. Is he a good defender or not?
9: Well, I mean, he's like your average center. He's definitely a good backup center, but starting four, starting five, if he was part of your starting yeah. five, he can be a bit overwhelmed by all the other great centers in the league, like Karl-Anthony Towns or...
18: Oh yeah, that guy's
9: picture one of them.
18: Um, all right. On to the
1: Miami Heat.
18: We have Duncan Robinson and PJ Tucker. In my opinion, I don't really like PJ Tucker. I think he's too dramatic and argues about every single call.
9: Well, I mean, when he was on the R Rockets, he was arguing about every single call for the Rockets. So, and he'd get a couple of them. So,
18: yeah, but like it gets kind of he annoying. Is, he's kind
9: of an uh, overreactor, though.
18: Yeah. Uh, Duncan Robinson, great three point shooter. Um, that's a big uh, impact for the Miami Heat for him to be gone. Yeah. So they will be happy when they can get him back. Although they do have Tyler Harrow and Jimmy Butler.
9: Yeah, well, uh, I think
18: Harrell. I think yesterday uh, Tyler Harrell actually got ejected. Ejected for what? Uh, uh, he, he like, so this guy set a screen on him and he got pretty mad. So he like shoved him to the floor and then he got a double technical so he was ejected. And it was pretty bad for my fantasy team. He got negative 16 points. So that's wow. how I knew. Um... For the Milwaukee Bucks, we have Giannis's brothers, Thanasis Antetokounmpo. He is—he's a decent player, um, not as good as Giannis, but he's a good scorer. Not really threes, but mostly mid-range and twos. Uh, that's really it for the Milwaukee Bucks. Onto the Minnesota Timberwolves, we have D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns, I think, is one of the best centers shooting wise.
9: Definitely. Uh, definitely. These guys are kind of the, the Timberwolves' two best players out of their three good players that they yeah. have because. Timberwolves aren't very good, but they're still better than the Rockets because the Rockets suck. Yeah. I mean, they're not very good, and missing their two best players definitely doesn't help.
18: For the Oklahoma City Thunder, we have a big knockdown for them. Shea Gilgis-Alexander on the COVID list. He is probably the best player on the Oklahoma City Thunder, so for them to not have Shea, that is very, very tough for them. All right, almost coming to Sean's solo. We have the Orlando Magic with Marco Fultz and Robin Lopez. I know Robin Lopez, so they call him the Drama Queen, I think. Cause he also gets really mad at everything. Um, he's, uh, what's his name? Brooke Lopez's brother. Uh, which, I mean, it's it's kind of obvious when you see both of them.
9: Uh, what about Markel Fultz? Markel Fultz was the n- number one draft pick in a draft with players like Donovan Mitchell and oh. whoever else was in Donovan Mitchell's draft class, Ben Simmons, I guess. Well, I mean, he wasn't in his class. Was- but he was the number one pick to the Philadelphia 76ers. They traded him, like, a year later. They didn't. 76ers didn't really give him a chance. And then when Fultz got to the Magic, he got a bit better, but then he's kind of just stayed where he is now in terms of skill.
18: Yeah, for the Philadelphia 76ers, we have the head coach, Doc Rivers, who's out, which is also a big impact because he's pretty good at playmaking and stuff. All right, we are down to the last four until the big solo at the end. Coming. <laughs> Up on the Phoenix Suns, these are uh, big three right here. DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, and JaVel McGee. Jay Crowder is a good three-point shooter. DeAndre Ayton, great paint scorer. And JaVel McGee, I think JaVale McGee is okay. I mean, he doesn't really do much shooting-wise. More like rebounds and defense. All
19: right.
18: On to the final three. We have the Portland Trailblazers, who has Chauncey Billups and Yusuf Nurkic out. Yusuf Nurkic, he's a pretty good center for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Yeah, he gets a lot of rebounds for them. What do you think about Chauncey Billups?
9: Chauncey Billups was, I think this is the same guy. He was the Detroit Pistons point guard. He's the one that led them to a championship in 2004 over the Lakers when they didn't have a single all-star. Really? It was him. Yeah. He was the one that led them. He averaged like 23 points. Wow. That's it. Nine assists and five rebounds in the playoffs. He had a great year. He led the team. The only other notable players on that team were people like Ben Wallace and Richard Hamilton. They had a good all-around team, but they didn't have any outright superstars or even stars, and they still beat a team with Kobe, Shaq, and I think um, Carl Malone was even on that team because he joined the Lakers hmm. later in his career.
18: All right, the Washington Wizards. We have Spencer Dinwiddie, Rui Hachimura, and Montreux Harella. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, I know. He's a he's a pretty decent player. Um yeah, he's, he, he's a pretty good three-point shooter. I have uh, Monzo Jarella. I think he's the center.
9: Montrez Harrell? Yeah. What's his name? Oh,
18: whoops. <laughs> um,
9: Montrez yeah, he's Harrell a good center. was the center on the Clippers. He's 6'8", but he still plays the center position. Wow. He's really good. He's really athletic, a really athletic player. Uh, he played behind DeAndre Jordan for a while. Uh, That's all I really know about him. He's not the best shooter, though. So.
18: And then, do you know anything about Rui Hachimura?
9: Oh, yeah. He was a rookie a couple of years ago. And uh, I remember he was top 10 picks going to the Washington Wizards. Um, He averaged, he was actually pretty good in his first season. He wasn't, he was on the rookie team. And, but he didn't win Rookie of the Year. That's all I really know about him. Up next is actually...
18: All right, so now it's the time you've all been waiting for. This is uh, Sean Solo on Russell Westbrook in the past two games. Sean, take it away.
9: <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. <clears throat> the last two games...
18: Uh yeah, uh it's the last few yeah. games like well, how he okay.
9: The last, couple of games. Let's last game was he he's been doing pretty
13: bad. I mean, the recent, the most recent game. Hold on. Yeah.
20: The most uh, recent
13: game he played, he got seven rebounds, but the
20: game before that, three rebounds.
18: Yeah, he's been missing don't, a lot of easy don't, shots, don't, right? Corner.
9: Adam Suns solo segment. No, I got I,
13: this. No, no, I no, no. no. I
9: got it. Russell Westbrook. American professional
13: basketball player <laughs> for the NBA. He was in the Washington Wizards, but at the beginning of the season, he got traded
6: to the Lakers.
9: John, can you speak up?
0: He's a he got traded to the Lakers before he was on. He was on the Washington Wizards before, like you know, at the beginning of the season, and he got traded.
9: Don't talk to us. We're not even here. This is your solo segment.
1: No, so, <laughs> so and then he won
20: MVP award for 2016 and 2017
6: season. His three pointers
0: for the last two games.
9: Go ahead, continue.
13: Or not the best, I guess.
9: Go ahead.
13: My co
1: <laughs> host,
13: Adam. No, 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 no.
9: Sean, talk Sean, 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 this is your solo segment. Talk I don't by watch yourself.
13: The game, but I don't watch
10: basketball. T-
9: talk but by yourself, Sean. You no, have the stuff ready right for you. Stuff you wrote. Been, down.
0: He has not been doing good for the past few games. He's been missing shots, barely any points per game.
1: He's
0: doing downright
12: terrible. And that's why the segment. No, here.
21: Sean.
9: Can you just read the stuff we wrote down for you? Huh? We added some stuff. <laughs> can you read it, please? Huh? Can you
0: read it? Russell, rest book is trash. He's a, bad, he's a bad player. And his performers have been garbage for the past few games.
6: What else do you want me to say, buddy?
9: You don't want to go more in depth? You wanted to do the solo side. Bro, dude.
6: he's been missing shots they things wide open
18: for.
0: Him. You know what I'm talking about?
10: I think that's a pretty good <laughs>
1: analysis. <laughs> it's, like free-
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a free throw shot, you know, talk about
9: yeah. when
1: I am to the oh,
11: side yeah. and
9: then Okay. All what right. Was that that was does not like a Can dog. we erase that? That was Sean's idea.
18: All right. That was, I think, was my
10: idea. You
18: lying. That is the end of our segment today. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm Adam Gossman.
9: I'm Issa Katri. I'm Sean Allen. Come and on. thank you for listening. Hello, guys.
0: This is The Real Football, and I'm your host for today, Andrea Ermoli.
21: David Camarillo, born at Andric,
0: impression pageant.
21: Today we are going to be talking about Serie highlights, and then the first game. And
0: then Lala. A- no, we're not going
21: to talk about Lala. Yes, we
0: are.
21: First game we have up was Inter versus Bologna but it, it got suspended, suspended because of COVID.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, it will, it's to be determined. So right, but don't know when it's,
21: it's most likely going to be Inter that wins. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Me
0: too. I agree with David. I'd say a 1 or two zero win.
21: Yeah. I think maybe not 2 much, or 3.
0: Not much competition there. I mean, right. Bologna hasn't been a top team in years. And right. uh, Inter has been. They won the Serie A last year.
21: Right. Next, Next match
0: is uh, Sampdoria versus Cagliari.
21: Uh, Cagliari won that 2-1. to one. Surprising,
0: uh, actually, because Cagliari
21: is yeah, uh, not having a good season this year. They're still in relegation, though, aren't they? I, um, I think so, yeah. doesn't matter, yeah. Another, yeah. Anyways, surprising, uh, surprising. Then we had
17: Verona versus Spezia, which Verona won 2-1, and Spezia got a red card. Something too surprising there.
0: Um, yeah.
21: Kind of expected win.
0: Next up, we have Lazio versus Empoli. This is, yeah, this this was is a, crazy.
21: Very surprising. They tied 3-3, three three, Lazio okay. tying to Empoli.
0: Empoli has been in relegation for, I think,
21: right. a few That's weeks good. now. And uh,
0: they've been doing very bad this season. But right. somehow, they tied to Lazio, which uh, they've been a mid-table team this season. And it's it's kind of surprising.
21: Right. It's shocking. The next game we had was Sassuolo versus Genoa, which they tied one-to-one. Uh, this is kind of surprising for Sassuolo. Sassuolo's have not having a good season this year. Maybe probably win the game, but I mean... Right. I think Juventus buying Locatelli was a pretty big defeat for uh, Sassuolo. Yeah. All right. uh,
0: next, we have Atalanta versus Torino.
1: Uh, uh, I don't know if
0: we think... Suspended. I mean, yeah, it got suspended, Uh, but I think that it would have been a good match because Serena would have
1: put up a fight,
0: and maybe they would have tied it, but um, I I don't think Atalanta would have done that well in this match. I think
21: Atalanta would have won, but... Well, I mean, Atalanta have a lot of COVID. They had a lot of COVID cases, so... Yeah, that's why. We'll find out who wins soon
0: enough,
1: I guess. Right. We'll see what they... Uh,
0: Next up, we have Milan versus Roma. Which is still going on right now, it's 2-1 yeah,
10: Milan. Milan. Yeah, yeah Roma's Milan.
1: good and...
21: But, I mean, Roma can win? still have a comeback.
9: And, uh,
21: oh, care. Uh, it's only the 57th minute, so they oh, still yeah. have
9: about at least
21: about 33
9: 30,
21: 30 minutes. <laughs> 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 <Right>. Next match <laughs> is... Juventus versus Napoli. This is going to be a very interesting <laughs> game. Ooh, yeah. uh, Napoli Sorry, no, do no, have no. a lot of COVID <laughs> cases right now. The game could also be suspended but if the game goes on juventus have a pretty big uh they have the favorite
0: sorry guys i choked a little but um i think that uh, juventus is going to lose this one no, i mean napoli's been doing very good this season they're a first round right now i think yeah and uh, i think they can beat. Them. uh hopefully three zero four zero at this time, I'm
21: going to go with Juventus. Yeah, I'm going to go with Juventus. Alright, and then the final game yeah. is Fiorentina versus
1: Udinese.
6: Udinese. Okay.
21: Um, Udinese. Um, I think Fiorentina is going to win this. Volvic yeah. could score a few goals if it does not get uh, cancelled with Udinese. Yes, sir, we yes. Do sir. also have a lot of COVID cases. COVID is pretty serious right now in Italy.
0: Yeah. So uh, that'll be all for today. And uh, thank you guys for uh, listening. This was uh this was your host, Andrea
21: Armoli, David Camarillo. Gorna
6: Hendrick.
0: Preston Padgett.
21: Sorry for all the sorry for the short, short podcast.
19: Hello, welcome back to the European Soccer Report. This episode is brought to you by Federico Moratti. And Michelle Chad. Let's start by talking about the Premier League. We haven't had an episode in about three weeks because of the break. So we can see how some of the leagues have done over this these
20: holidays. Yeah, looking at it, it looks like we have quite a bit of games to talk about. So. Let's start from the first uh, match day that we missed out on, which will be. Um, wait. So when did? Oh, I think it's match day 19. Okay.
19: Yeah, we we did 17, so I think it's 19.
20: Yeah. Okay. So. So, a bit of stuff happening here. West Ham beating and losing to Southampton, two to three. Tottenham uh, absolutely destroyed uh, Crystal Palace, 3-0. Yeah. Ma- Man City, Leicester City,
19: that's a huge game, 6-3. I know. So, also, Arsenal, like,
20: crushed Norwich City.
19: Yeah, Arsenal coming back. And Man City, new Newcastle. Yeah.
20: Um, Chelsea beating us. Uh, and, yeah. No, I, I guess some surprises there. Yeah, not too big. I'm um, some surprised Maybe like Newcastle being Man U is kind of surprising. Also, looking at the table, Man U's all the way down in 7 they're doing yeah, they You're terrible. Down so much, and Arsenal
19: in the Champions League places. That's amazing. I, I we, we said they were gonna relegate this season, and everything, but they're doing really well. So. I'm, and I'm also in the
20: Premier League, Arsenal all the way up and forth That's like we were saying how they're doing terrible. This year and now they're all the way up and forth that's pretty big that's a big comeback
19: yeah also city winning by 10 points Um i think that the- can you hear me
20: oh yeah okay that's better
19: yeah uh, so i was saying how main city is winning the league by 10 points i think the
20: league's already decided by now Main City. yeah, yeah. even though we're only like halfway through like a 10-point lead is big because mostly because Chelsea literally tied four of the last five games and because they're like the closest contender and also yeah just uh yeah i'm pretty sure it's basically already already decided like you said
4: um yeah okay moving
20: on um match day 20. so
19: nothing's big here nothing oh, yeah. big here chelsea trying to bright to brighton that's yeah. a pretty big surprise but brian's up there this season and Leicester yeah. City being in Liverpool, um, that's a pretty big surprise too. Liverpool, they're, they're third and Leicester City's not that high up, but.
20: Mm, yeah, yeah, Leicester City is all the way down in 10, just sort of, ah, I don't know. Okay, yeah. let's move but on
19: to pretty, match day pretty good. Um, so, March, March day 21 is actually really interesting. Um, Two big games, Arsenal-Man City and Chelsea-Liverpool. So, first of all, Chelsea-Liverpool, 2-2, great game. Four first-half goals and nothing more. Um, Arsenal-Man City, great game. Arsenal was winning, and then Man City wins in the 93rd minute. What do you think?
20: Yeah, I think that's a very uh, good and interesting game. That was a very good game overall.
19: Yeah, it's 57th minute penalty. And a 93rd minute goal and man city win um i feel bad for arsenal because they've been doing really well lately and they call back up to the big teams
20: but they got so yeah. like 93 yeah. minute but like i mean Man's, even if they won, it wouldn't make a huge difference man city would still be up by seven points and there's and arsenal would still be down and forth so uh yeah i yeah,
19: it still would have been a big upset though.
20: Yeah, that would have been pretty nice to watch. Yeah, okay. I think, I think yeah. that's about it for um for Premier League. Let's move on to Syria.
19: Okay. Syria, so, uh, um, tons of games suspended for COVID. Atalanta Torino today suspended. Bologna Inter suspended. Some games already finished today. Cagliari beat Sampdoria. Lazio tied to Empoli um no other really big games and live right now
20: milan roma 2-1 for milan yeah um, this is this is um looking like it's gonna like since we can't really watch right now since we're recording and we're in school um but i'm i think i'm gonna guess that it's probably a really good game right now since yeah definitely since um milan and roma are two teams that are up pretty high so
19: yeah and also I just wanna point out Lazio time 3-3 to Empoli. Empoli's been amazing this season. And um they're up in like seventh, I think, 10th.
20: Oh wait, no, Latio is yeah. ahead of Empoli.
19: Yeah, but Lazio losing and tying in the 93rd minute, 93rd minute tie. I'd more from expect more from Lazio, but mm, yeah. Mean, Yeah, yeah, so that's okay. good. And I want to see Amina Romans. That's gonna be a good game. And in about an hour there's Juventus Napoli. That's a really important game. Because Napoli's third, Juventus is fifth, they're both um one ahead, one behind, fourth place Atalanta. So we'll see who
20: goes in front. Yeah. So if Juventus wins oh if Juventus wins uh, it won't. They'll still be one point behind Atalanta. Yeah, but Atalanta's first
19: two games have been suspended, so they'll be played sometime else, some, some other time. Yeah. Yeah. COVID really taking its toll
20: on all the leagues. Yeah. Two suspended games in this last match day. Like. Okay, now let's go upwards towards
1: match day 19 for.
20: This. I think we might have already talked about some of these games.
19: Uh, no, we didn't, but not many big surprises. Spezia beating Napoli, and that's pretty much Oh, no, no, no. Good. One big
20: surprise. Atalanto, which is all the way up and forth, tying to Genoa. No, no, no.
19: Yeah, that was, I mean, all, all the te- big teams are getting tired. They were tired before the break with Champions League and everything, so you can't blame them, but that's what, also why Napoli lost to Spezia. But I think they're gonna
20: recover quickly. Yeah. Okay, what
0: else? Uh
19: the match day before we didn't cover, but Roma beat Atalanta four one and um Napoli beat Milan one zero. So this is an interesting match day because it sparked a lot of arguments in uh because a of, of VAR ruled out two goals that shouldn't have been ruled out in both the Atalanta game and the Milan game. So an, an interesting match day, but it ended how it ended, so.
20: Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk
19: about for Serie Hmm, I don't think so. We'll just see how Milan-Roma
20: ends later on. Yeah, so for the Champions League and also... Uh, what is it um, Europa League Euro, Euro, Europa League. Well, we can't really talk about anything here because the next matches are all the way both all the way in February so yeah there's nothing happened they just
19: did the drawings but we already talked about those
20: yeah you want to move
19: on to La Liga huh you want to move on to La Liga yeah sounds good okay so La Liga Real Madrid still first um surprising lost um Sunday against Getafe,
10: but they're still first. Yeah,
20: yeah, I guess I'm yeah, I'm surprised that they lost, even if it didn't really make that big a difference, it's still an upset. So, yeah, and
19: Barcelona, like Arsenal, like Juventus, they were doing badly. We were saying they're gonna end like down the bottom, not up in fifth, one point away from Champions League.
20: Pretty surprising. That's that's very interesting, honestly. Like the two teams that we said were doing
1: I mean, the
20: two teams that we were saying were doing really bad this year ended up placing ended or ending up placing pretty high. Like yeah. both Barcelona and also Arsenal. Yeah, also Villarreal coming back
19: after a five 0 win against Levante. Mm.
20: Really so yeah, good. Villarreal has won their last four games. Very good for them. Yeah,
5: we'll see how the
20: rest plays out.
1: Yeah. Nothing
19: really too interesting.
1: Yeah, nothing that I really see. Yeah,
19: no. Okay, you want to move on to Bundesliga? Sure. Yeah, so Bundesliga, Bayern Munich, first by nine points by now. I think the league is over.
20: Yeah, I mean... Technically, we still are only like around halfway through, so we can't say anything for sure, but it looks like Bayern is probably going to win again.
19: Yeah, 100%, especially because Dortmund lost to Hertha 3-2 December 18th, so looks like it's not much of a competition anymore. Yeah, like Bayern has won, like,
20: for the last, like, eight years in a row. It's, like it's getting kind of annoying. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that some team was tied with Byron near the beginning, but I think yeah, dormant Dorman was. Oh yeah, dormant Oh yeah, I remember Dormant was like neck and neck, but then Byron just pulled away.
19: Yeah. I I, I honestly have to say it pretty sadly because I mean not yeah. to say anything against Byron, but like you said, they've been waiting for so long.
20: Yeah, it'd be nice to see like some someone else
0: win the Bundesliga for Yeah. Okay. Um,
20: I think we've covered everything pretty much. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, like usually our segments are longer since we can cover. We cover like two more leagues, which include the Champions League, and the Euro. Yeah, but I, really, we can't cover those since they're they've just finished the drawings and the next matches are in february so yeah yeah
19: we'll have to wait for those to restart
20: yeah. Whoa. okay i think that's about it for yeah
19: i think i think that's pretty much it so thanks for listening to our segment and make sure you come in next time to listen to our next segment thank you thank goodbye you, thank you so much and bye
2: That's it for this week. We'll see you next time.